Rock and Roll's Greatest Failure. Call Baby That's Really Me by John Otway. Read by John Otway. Call Baby That's Really Me. Chapter 2 The Grange was a much larger place than Otway had been used to. Whereas Queen's Park had been a small local single-sex school, there were 2,000 pupils, including girls at the Grange. He had hated primary and infant school. He felt he had been bullied and misunderstood, and to be fair, he had. The Grange was a chance to make a fresh start and leave all those old prejudices behind. If you kept yourself to yourself, you could go unnoticed the majority of the time. He was lucky with the Grange because a lot of the staff and the headmaster were fiercely ambitious. They felt that the 11-plus system was an unfair way of judging ability. And they tried to prove this by going into academic competition with the grammar and high school. And just before John started at the Grange, the school had their first real academic success. Four pupils had gone through their new sixth form and passed A-levels. One of these was John's sister, Frances. And for a short while, in this place of learning, the name Otway stood for something worthwhile. The vast majority of the boys chose this point of graduation to go from wearing short trousers to wearing long trousers. Otway and Jeff Potter, another 11-plus failure from Queen's Park, were the only ones not to. The fact that he and Potter were the only ones in the school of 2000 who could be accused of having dirty knees, and Otways were, was an early point of ridicule, as was the fact that he never used his flies when he visited the urinal. Whether it was the short trousers or not, a bond grew between Otway and Potter that would last many years and become a significant influence on John's career. Potter, the son of a retired army major, was the complete opposite of Otway. He was well-spoken, intelligent, brilliant at sports, good-looking and generally well-liked. It was a strange partnership, but, like another partnership Otway had later, in a strange way, it worked. Within the first term of school, Otway had confided in Potter his ambition and belief in stardom. And it would appear that even at this formative stage, Jeffy was converted. To an extent, Otway had ceased his playground renditions of pop songs. This was, according to Otway, because he had become aware that all pop stars he knew were older than him. He reckoned that he would be at least 16 before he could achieve the sort of success he was after. I didn't want to blow it too early and be a child star, he said at the time. Instead of putting his career to one side and concentrating on his schoolwork, Otway put his mind to getting the sort of experience he felt that he would need later in his chosen path. Fortune occasionally plays a role in this story, and one piece of good luck was the form teacher assigned to the class for his first two years at the school. Miss Williams was straight out of training and had the sort of ambition and enthusiasm for the job that inevitably gets knocked out of teachers within a couple of years. Unfortunately for Miss Williams, John instinctively understood ambition and enthusiasm and decided he would do all he could to help teach her. Most secondary school teachers would agree that the greatest and most disillusioning problem they have with children is apathy. Otway was not a child with this problem. Up to now, teachers had treated Otway only marginally better than his fellow pupils. 
and John knew that if he was to make his mark in the school, he would need an ally. Miss Williams knew that if she was to make a mark in the school, her form needed to be noticed. Otway was already adept at being noticed and was more than willing to help out. One of the first ideas Miss Williams had for the form was a regular bi-weekly magazine. The class she had was One Alpha Double One and the publication was to be called The Alpha Male. Otway vividly recalls his form mistress explaining that a copy of every magazine and periodical published in Great Britain was sent to and kept by the British Library. Perhaps realising that any contribution he managed to get accepted for publication would be kept for prosperity and available for future Otway historians, he managed to engulf poor Miss Williams with a constant stream of literary output. The Alpha Male was printed on the school's spirit duplicator and was neatly handwritten by the teacher herself. However, one edition of the magazine has a poem handwritten by the poet Otway. It was an epic four-pager based on the fairy tale Rumpelstiltskin. Seemingly, Miss Williams had taken one look at the mass of paper in John's hand and said, if you want that to go in, you'll have to write it out yourself. The pages of the poem, when published, were almost illegible. After picking out the line, I have been doing some thinking and wonder if it's Rumpelstiltskin, a historian in the British Library would probably think himself lucky that he was unable to read any more. In the first year, the pupils were again offered the opportunity to learn the violin, an offer that John was at last allowed to take up. Tony Freese used to visit the school once a week to give lessons to those children interested in taking up the instrument. He liked John. The sort of enthusiasm that was going down so badly elsewhere somehow seemed a breath of fresh air. His encouragement was repaid with a dedication and fanaticism rarely seen in his pupils. John for that first year was always seen with the violin. He practised for many hours a night, got everyone he knew to call him Yehudi, and for the first couple of months, to the amazement of everyone, made rapid progress. For this brief period, John could share with his mother her love of classical music. And the landlord of the local public house increased his takings dramatically as the inhabitants of the house escaped his practice. It was his first bit of genuine success. And everyone was pleased that he had found at least one thing on which he could fare as well as his fellow man. He was shortly in the Junior Orchestra, followed by the Aylesbury Youth Orchestra, in which he would remain for the next six years. John's early problems of physical uncoordination, coupled with his inability to play in tune and lack of talent, finally caught up with him after a few months of learning the violin. The determination and hours of practice that had taken him soaring beyond his peers was not enough. Slowly, despite the extra effort, he was caught up and surpassed. This effort with the violin had not been in vain, though. He had got into the orchestra, and his perseverance with the instrument helped a great deal a couple of years later when he got his first guitar. By the second year, John had found a lot of advantage in the greater facilities of this larger school. Schools of that size have things kicking around in cupboards that have been long since forgotten and it only took the willingness to impress teacher by tidying up the classroom for Otway to discover a movie camera left by some long-gone film society.
With the briefest glance at this dusty item, our potential star realised he had the opportunity to make a film. Otway and his convert Potter spent the days following the discovery writing scripts, checking locations and planning a suitable way of approaching Miss Williams with the idea of a form film. With Otway's determination and Potter's encouragement, they attempted to put together a strong enough argument and enough ideas to convince their form mistress. Yes, she said, why not? The facilities are there and the class could learn a lot from writing a script, choosing a cast and making a film. Not quite what our would-be filmmakers had in mind. When 2 Alpha Double One came to choose the star, it was, of course, Barry Dowdle, the centre-forward of the football team. When it came to the script, as so often happens in Hollywood, all the rewrites meant that Otway's only appearance was in the chase scene at the end of the film with the rest of the form. He did, as always, try and draw as much attention to himself as he could. But his screen debut in no cups for thieves, was even Frotway a bit of a disappointment. By the third year, John had become frustrated with this lack of attention to his star quality. He and Potter got together, and with a bit of help from his sisters and parents, knocked together a comedy piece about a driving instructor and a farmer. John's family agreed that the finished result was funny enough for a venue larger than the living room and an audience larger than the Otways plus assorted lodges. It is here that we find the first example of what was to become almost an Otway trademark. If he couldn't get a record company to take him, he would start his own and sign himself. If he couldn't find a promoter to put on his shows, he would promote himself and give himself star billing. And if he wanted some press exposure and no one would write about him, he would start his own magazine or newspaper. This principle would apply to every aspect of his career and was occasionally to prove successful, though most often financially disastrous. What better way to start this trend than devising, arranging and winning one's own talent contest? Among the entrants to this contest was a pop group called Just Us, run on basic fascist principles by Warren Harry. Warren's father was the editor of the leading local paper, the Bucks Herald. Partly by means of his father's influence, and partly because at the time they were a very good local band, they worked semi-professionally in the Aylesbury area and achieved considerable local fame. The talent contest was held at the Grange for the first, second and third years, and ended up a battle between Otway and Potter and Just Us. The reason for this was simply that no one apart from the duo took the event particularly seriously and Just Us were doing what they did every night. In the end, Otway and Potter won. For some reason, which Otway refuses to go into, Just Us were disqualified because they were professionals. The most astonishing event of that whole year was John coming top of the class in mathematics. Yes, that was a bit of a shock for me too, says John now. All through my life I had been treated like a half-wit. Getting that result boosted my confidence a lot. (laughs) 